I just thought it was kind of along the lines of, I'm not trying to be cliche here, but it's like goes to Tom Joad and a little bit of Devils and Dust and just, you know, more solo, acoustic, singer-songwriter type stuff. Um, so it just didn't overwhelm me, but there was a couple of good songs that stuck out to me right away, including Moonlight Motel. Uh, but what really shot it through the roof for me was just uh, the movie and the soundtrack that went with it. I've listened to the soundtrack version probably a hundred times. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, and joining me tonight, in as we record this, we are uh, in March, and we are all uh, trying to flatten the curve and do uh social distance um so before i hit record ryan and i were sharing it's a little scary of a time so uh welcome to the podcast ryan um glad you're here thanks for having me jesse i really appreciate you reaching out and uh getting me in uh, onto your show uh it's always great to uh talk to you and uh love the show and glad to be a part of it so thanks for having me yeah, so, um, uh, you know, I, I know we've already talked about this before we hit record, but um, um, you and your family are safe? We are safe, uh, knock on wood. Uh, no serious illnesses. Kids are good, other than being home off of school and bored out of their minds. But, uh, yeah, we're all healthy and safe, so can't ask for anything more than that. That's good. Uh, Ryan is this is Ryan is a repeat guest. Um, I just Googled his, he was on back in August of 2018, and he shared the, if I remember correctly, the hilarious story of being in a store, um, with his, um, son <laughs> being listening yep. to, like, you have to listen to this radio. In <laughs> the moment you hear this, you call me to try to get tickets on Broadway, right? Yep, that was it. He was listening in the car while I went grocery shopping, and I said, you got to listen to this, and if you, you've got to call me every time a song comes on. And he called me four or five times, and on the fifth call, it was The Ghost of Tom Joad was the album that day. And sure enough, as I'm going through the checkout line, he calls me, and, Dad, it's The Ghost of Something. And I said, i got to go, and hung up on him and called in, and was fortunate to be the 20th caller that day. So That, that is was awesome. an incredible day. and. Uh, incredible experience going to the show that that night for that special E Street Radio special. Yeah. So uh, to remind our listeners, tell us a little about yourself, Ryan. Um, I live in northern Illinois, uh, about 60 miles west of Chicago. Grew up in the St. Louis area. Um, have two kids. Um, I call in quite a bit to E Street Radio. A lot of people know me as Ryan from Chicago. I call into Jim Rotolo's show on Friday nights and kind of keep a set list going throughout the show if I'm available that week. And 
I've uh, been calling in the Street Nation for quite a few years, but uh, been a fan since I was, uh, you know, 10 years old and had a fortunate to have an older brother that uh, exposed me to Bruce and took me to some shows and kind of set me on the right path. So um, that's kind of me in a nutshell. All right. Very nice. Um, so uh, there's a lot to cover because since yep. 2018, uh, we a few things have been going on. But I'm going to start with you. Um, I don't know if you've been seeing, but um, there is a um, um, a kind of series of tweets going around where um, you're watching Bruce Springsteen live stream to stream a live performance. You get to pick four songs. What are they? So I don't know if wow. you have if you've tweeted that yet or if you've seen that, but, um, I, not. I, I haven't been on Twitter a whole lot this week, so I kind of missed out on that, yeah. that whole string. So the, so the scenario is, is he solo? I'm assuming he's, yes, solo, he's solo in his living room, yes. studio, whatever. And you only four, get four. four songs. Well, I'd have to say land of hope and dreams. Cause I think that kind of sums up everything that Bruce uh, means to me in that one song. So I'd have to say Land of Hope and Dreams. Oh, boy. Four songs. Look, I, hate, I, I have a hard enough time when E Street Radio does this 100-song thing. Is You know, yeah. name the top 100 songs, and it's like, I can go through 50, 40, 60 pretty quick, but then you get down to that last 20 or 30, and you're, you're pulling teeth, especially in that last 10. You know... Uh, so to go to four is, is crazy. So I'll, I'll vamp for you where you can think a little bit. Um, yeah, uh, when, when it was Bruce's 70th birthday, you know, um, I picked my 70, like several people did, my 70th uh, favorite songs. And, um, you know, you... <laughs> If I remember correctly, I got to like 50 before I even had to think, right? Like I was just like, Um, I picked This Is Your Sword uh, because I think um, in a lot of ways it it is its most gospel song. And uh, talking about that, um, you know, there are dark times and that they stay. So I would have picked This Is Your Sword. I also picked No Surrender uh, because... Um, it's a song about friendship, but uh, many of us who have experienced medical illness, like I did a few ago when I was fighting cancer, um, the slogan is no retreat, no surrender, right? So I would pick no surrender. I picked girls in their summer clothes for something uh, fun, you know, and something that I would love to hear them do acoustical. And then I think there's no doubt um say you want about born to run thunder road whatever you want um i want to hear land of hope and dreams um yep. in fact when i when i need a quick pick me up i will often go and play the one two punch of dancing in the dark going straight to land of hope and dreams from the broadway show That's and awesome. yeah it just it it just it it fills me with um, it lifts my spirits every time. Yeah. Um, all right. So I've given you a few minutes. Do you, could you, could you come up with another three or you're going to, you're going to take a pass? Yeah, I, got, I got my four. Land of Hope and Dreams obviously is my first pick right off the top of my head. Uh, I'd go with Darkness on the Edge of Town. Oh, good. Um, 
this hard land, kind of not really obscure for those yeah. of us in the Bruce world, but the, to most people on the outside world, they'd be like, what? What are you talking about? Yeah. Uh, this hard land, I love the version he did at the end of the Wrecking Ball Tour, uh, which I think was in Kilkenny. Yeah. And it's an acoustic version. He talks about, you know, the more, the older you get, the more it means, and he just goes into it, and uh, it's available on YouTube. You can watch it. Um and it's just great because you can see that, you know, it's getting to him. I mean, here they are coming back from Clarence dying. They go on the road to support a whole new uh, album, a tour with Jake in there. You know, they didn't know how that was going to go. And Jake did an exceptionally great job of, you know, not filling Clarence's shoes. Nobody can do that, but just being himself and bringing what he had to, to the party um, on that tour and just during the song, you can see that, you know, Bruce is it's catching up to him. And, you know, he's been pushing so hard. And uh, when he gets to the part where just one kiss for me, my brother, you know, you can he starts to tear up a little bit. You can tell that he's probably thinking about Clarence and everything that happened. And uh, I just love those last couple lines of, if you, you know, if you can stay hard, stay hungry, stay alive. And if you can meet me at Dreams of This Hard Line, it's just incredible song yeah it really is a um a great line and and such a a powerful song though um i think you and i and most of the audience would say that uh almost any song he does has that kind of power on it doesn't it Yes, it does. It could be uh, Man at the Top or, you know, some other songs that people might think is minor, but they're, in their own way, they're powerful, just in the beauty of his, yeah. his songwriting. Um, so, got Land of Hope and Dreams, Darkness, This Hard Land, and I would have to go with Moonlight Motel, um, which might be a little odd to some people, but Western Stars, I think, was uh, incredible, and Moonlight Motel, I think, is just you know, just in the sheer beauty of the lyrics and the songwriting and the way he structures it and what's going on in the song. And, you know, he's addressing age of the characters. He's probably talking about himself in there a little bit. You know, it's just so well written. It's, it's just unreal. Yeah, I don't know if you're caught up on the show, but, um, and I, I can't remember who, but I had a guest who, when I asked him the Mary question, he said that not only did he agree Mary got in the car, he believed they drove all the way to California, lived their life, and Moonlight Motel is the end of their story. That um, that Mary has now died, and he is remembering her. And, um, well, I, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I mean, that's not how I see the story, uh, but, I mean, that's the beauty of any art, whether it's Bruce or, yeah. you know, Miles Davis or whoever, it's like, you know, a million different people can listen to the same exact song and just get a totally different version or take on it or what they like, what they don't like. Yeah. Um, I saw this story as, uh, you know, in my mind, the story was that him and this lady kind of had an affair going at some point in time, at some point in their life, and I think she's passed on. And I think he's, you know, alone by himself, whether his own wife passed on or whatever. And he's going back and, you know, being in the parking lot and just remembering her um, as they were back in the day. Ooh, interesting. That's that's an interesting take. Uh, well, you, you've set up my perfect, uh, you know, transition since we have talked 
um, Western Stars has come out. Uh, what are your thoughts, both of the album and well, of the film? I hate to say this out loud, and I haven't told a whole lot of people, so I'll be telling a lot more people here, but when the album first came out, to be honest with you, the studio album, yeah, I just wasn't that... It didn't bowl me over, you know, not sure. that I was... You know, I don't go into any project thinking, okay, this is going to be the next Born to Run or whatever. You know, I just take it for what it is. So I just thought it was kind of along the lines of, I'm not trying to be cliche here, but it's like goes to Tom Joad and a little bit of Devils and Dust and just, you know, more solo, acoustic, singer-songwriter type stuff. Um, So it just didn't overwhelm me, but there was a couple of good songs that stuck out to me right away, including Moonlight Motel. Uh, but what really shot it through the roof for me was just uh, the movie and the soundtrack that went with it. I've listened to the soundtrack version probably a hundred times uh, since it came out. Um, just the orchestration and the beauty of what Tom Zimney did with the cinematography, whether it was in the barn or out during the exterior shots. Uh, that orchestra and the scoring and the music and the whole band, like it just took it to a whole other level. Yeah, um, you are not the only one who's done that. Um, I've had a couple of um, listeners who have shared that, um, that it, it was not the album they wanted to hear. Um, and, you know, that they wanted, they wanted more of a, a political record. You know, um, um, and instead, um, we ended up getting, you know, this, but, um, I have also heard that many people when that were feeling that way, um, all of a sudden now said, oh, wait a minute. Um, this is something pretty special um, in the film. I do think, um, and it's I'm not the only one to say this, but um, it is a wonderful um, kind of trilogy, the end to the trilogy of having, you know, starting with a book, then um, the wonderful Broadway, and then a kind of this, you get a very interesting um, kind of picture of Bruce as an artist and as a person. Um, yeah, I could definitely see it that way. I've heard of the trilogy, uh, you know, use of the trilogy term in the past from other people. Um, I guess what I, my initial thought was, was between the book, the book tour, Broadway, um, I, you know, maybe I think maybe not that I was expecting anything. Again, I just kind of take whatever he throws at us and happy with whatever he gives us, to be honest with you. Um, I just thought maybe he'd be ready to put out a rock and roll album, uh, not necessarily with the E Street Band, but just more of an up-tempo rocker type album. Um, but probably going through the process of writing the book and, doing Broadway, you know, a lot of these songs came to him and just was a natural extension of where he was going. Because, I mean, if you look at it, it's not really a political album necessarily, but, you know, a lot of the people that are in here in the songs are 
they're older. They're maybe, you know, in the last third quarter of their life. And uh, in my mind, maybe some of these songs are, you know, just a summation of all the characters that Bruce has written about over his career. You know, he stops his own story at 70, and that probably that's about where the characters stop. So maybe this is what happens to some of those characters, you know, after they keep aging beyond 70 and up. Yeah, um, I, I've said this before, and um, it it feels like a collection of short stories that Elmore Leonard could have written, the guy um, who wrote the series that Justified was built on, a lot of other things. Yep. Um, and yep. and it is, um, it does re, it does feel even more than Nebraska or more than Ghost of Tom Joad, a collection of story tales, a collection of short stories. So very nice. Um, so we'll go backwards. Um, this summer, this past summer was the summer of the E Street Band with um, all the solo albums that came out, but we also had Blinded by the Light. And so uh, what were your thoughts on it? Oh, I loved it. Um, I had not read the book. A friend of mine gave me a copy of the book uh, when we went together to Broadway, and I hadn't read it. So I went into the movie Blind, but I happened to take my two kids. My son's 15, daughter's 13, and um, actually went with my ex-wife. Um, well, the four of us went, and uh, I thought it was a great movie. Uh, very well, you know, just the director did a great job. The writers, the actors, uh, the way they set the music, it was almost like a couple of scenes in there where they, like, had the... Um, one scene that jumped out at me was uh, when uh, Javed goes to get his tickets to the show and he's missing out on his uh, sister's wedding, but then he gets back and there's this fight out in the street with, uh, you know, the... Uh, his family getting into it with, uh, you know, nationalistic people there that were protesting in front of the uh, mosque. Uh, you know, the Jungle Land is playing, and it's the way they choreographed it. It's like the action on the screen was like fitting almost neatly in exactly step by step with what was going on in the music. And the some of the versions of the songs that they picked, like that specific Jungle Land that they used, I mean, they had to go through a lot of material to find the songs that they wanted to use. A lot of them were just, um, you know, the studio versions that we all know, but some of them were some live versions, and I just thought it was a great job all around. The uh, actors did a great job. Um, it's just a very uplifting story, uh, which shows how universal... Bruce's music is, but also, you know, I don't think they're just talking about Bruce, they're talking about <laughs> any music or any art that helps lift people up out of their, you know, dreary day-to-day -day existence and gives them something to reach for. Yeah, I, I think that's well said, um, very well said. Um, and I think it also, it captures the, the energy of a newly convert. Um, you know, that, um, how crazy you can be, right? Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, very nice. Uh, so, um, what else have you been going to? And have you been to seeing any shows or, um, any, ex um, 
live music. T- talk to me a little bit about as we catch up. Um, it's been pretty quiet here in the last couple of months, but um, I typically try to go see you know ten to twenty shows a year in the Chicago area or different areas. Uh, probably the last show I saw was I took my dad and son down to see Don McLean, uh, American Pie, Vincent. Oh uh, yeah, nice songwriter. He was at City Winery in Chicago, which is a great location, great venue. It only seats like 400 people. And it's very intimate, and you're, you know, whether you're sitting up front or in the back, I mean, you're, you don't have a bad seat in the house. So we went to see that, and my dad has always wanted to see him and never did. And we actually got to meet him afterwards. He was a really nice guy and got a picture with him. But, uh, you know, to sit there in a crowd of 400 people and get to sing American Pie with your dad and your son, you know, three generations of yeah. people there. That was pretty special. Oh, I, that does sound something really, really very cool. Uh, that's, that's really nice. Um, so, um, any, any Bruce stories that we didn't talk about before? Have you had any recent Bruce experiences that you may have run well, into? I went to, uh, I did have something I wanted to talk to about sure. as far as John Landau going into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and yeah, that whole sure, thing, please. his role with Bruce. Um, but I, before I get to that, I just want to say I did go to Light of Day this past uh, January. And, oh, nice. Uh, I had thought about going many times and finally took the plunge. And um, I didn't have my kids that weekend, so it just worked out time-wise. But flew out there on a Friday and, you know, went to... Uh, uh, Wonder Bar and uh, Stone Pony and did that whole thing Friday and then Saturday, of course, you know, it was a big event, um, was there with several friends. I mean, that's the that's the greatest thing about this whole Bruce community is that, you know, you talk to people on Facebook or Twitter or whatever, and maybe you've met some of these people, maybe they're really good friends of yours that you've known for years, but they could be total strangers that you never knew until you got into this whole Bruce universe that we all live and love. And just seeing people that I knew from uh, Facebook and getting to meet them and spend some time with them. Um, as she went to um, Freehold and had pizza for the first time with uh, Tracy Thomas, my good friend Tracy from Montana. Uh, so we went and had pizza at Federici's in Freehold and drove by the St. Rosalina Church and you oh, know, nice. where the house used to be and where the tree used to be. And uh, so we took that in and then we drove back and as we're driving through Asbury, um, you know, it's all on the strip there, and we were going to go back to the hotel, and I looked over, and I saw some people standing outside the convention hall, and I'm like, what's going on? So we kind of just, and it was snowing at the time, so it kind of had an interesting mix to the story, but so we drove by, and there's, uh, you know, groups of five or six people at about four or five of the entrance doors that are going in there, and I pulled up and rolled the window down. All of a sudden, I could hear pink Cadillac, and I'm like, okay, is that Joe? So I just sit there for a minute listening. I'm like, nope, that's Bruce. He's here. Sure enough, he, he just happened to be in, in town and showed up that night, and um, it was just uh, I got very lucky. I mean, I, I just went to experience the whole thing. Uh, my mother actually was diagnosed and passed away from Parkinson's, so it's kind of a near and dear uh, you know, cause to my heart. So I just mm-hmm. wanted to go and support cause and be there with my friends but just the fact that he showed up you know was just an extra added bonus for me and being that close to him you know going to broadway was one thing but you're it's totally different environment but they're in a small theater 
pretty close, you know, with him just rocking out and all the great artists that they had there. It was just a great experience. Yeah, that sounds like, and I know, um, you know, it had been several years since he had attended. So um, it's been four or five years, I think, since he had, yeah. he had been there. That's great. I, you know, what a what a great surprise and. Um, what really impressed me was he backed up Jesse Maitland mm-hmm. and Joe and somebody else. And when he was out there backing somebody, like, you know, I didn't recognize it until afterwards. I thought maybe his voice was, you know, a little sore or whatever, but he was purposely laying back and not letting them have their time and not making it about him. And then even when Joe was out there, you know, Joe started off and did a couple songs and then Bruce went into a couple songs. And when it was somebody else's turn, he fully respected them as as an artist. And it wasn't about him. He was just there to help his friends. But when it was his time, like he could tell, like he was ready to, he was ready to let it go. Wow. That's awesome. That is, um, you know, really a treat and something special, um, I'm, um, I am planning. Well, I want to say about John. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. no, no, no. Go, ahead. go ahead. I am planning to, there is a, in October, uh, they're doing a symposium there at Monmouth, uh, yep. about the river. Yep. And I have, I have got my tickets, uh, airline tickets. I've got a hotel reservation. So I am planning to attend. We have, uh, we have submitted, uh, a, um, it's not a proposal, but you, you you submit papers that you could present. And we have submitted that uh, several of us, us set lusting Bru- uh, us Springsteen podcasters, both um, Bruce Springsteen since the alphabet, um, you know, um, uh, myself, a uh, couple others um, have suggested, you know, have said that we would gladly do a roundtable. And then also would record live episodes there. So crossing nice. my fingers, uh, we're going to be able to do that. Because I think that well, would be a uh, lot of fun. Absolutely. I'll, I'll see you there because I'm planning on going myself. Oh, good. spring of 18, I believe, when yeah. we did the last one. That was my first one. But I actually presented there um, on a Friday afternoon, I talked about, uh, I've written before about Elvis and Bruce and that whole connection. And the last one was about darkness. So, mm-hmm. and that's what my piece was about. It was about Bruce, uh, being impacted by Elvis dying during darkness and how that whole thing transpired with the music and what he chose to pick. Uh, but it was just that whole symposium is very well run, very well organized. Everybody was just very kind. They did a great job of having, Tom Cunningham was there hosting several things. Frank Stefanko was there. Um, Peter Ames Carlin was there and gave the keynote address. They showed um, movies there in the theater. I mean, it's just it was just very well done. I would highly recommend it for anybody that's thinking about it or hasn't gone before that they that's something to definitely check into if they can. Yeah, I, I think it would. I, I'm looking forward to attending, and I'm hoping that. Uh, they will let me be part of it, uh, but even if not, I think just this will be something to really enjoy and see. Uh, so you want to talk a little bit about the Hall of Fame? Share with me. Yeah, I just I um, after the announcements were made this year on the bands that got in, uh, John Landau's going in as the 
Edmund Erdogan uh, Award winner, I believe, is the uh, name of his award, basically a Lifetime Achievement Award. And um, I kind of got into a little um, conversation, if you will, with somebody on Facebook about John and why he was being inducted and why wasn't Colonel Parker in there and blah, blah, blah. Uh, John's going in for many reasons, which most of all, you know, for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's purposes is, John was one of the first uh, critics to take rock and roll seriously and to make it into actual criticism and into an intellectual exercise and not just, you know, before Cream Magazine and Dave Marsh and John and some of the other ones, Grail Marcus came along, you know, they would send sports writers or beat writers right. to cover concerts. I mean, there was no thought process into it whatsoever. And John took it seriously and delved into the roots of rock and roll and how far back that went into the blues and country and bluegrass and everything else. Uh, you know, he's done a lot of work, obviously, with Bruce, but, I mean, he's done work with Jackson Brown and uh, MC5, and, you know, he's done a lot of stuff and been, you know, one of the guiding lights of rock and roll over the last 40 years. So it's not about him and Bruce and... Yes, I mean, that helps a lot, but John Landau is not going into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame just because of Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, I, I think so. I think that's that's um, well said. Well said. Um, where, I was, where I was really going with that real quick is... Sure, um, please. You know, I, I think about John and Bruce and the relationship that they have versus what Elvis had. And, you know, the fact that Bruce, I mean, it, it just astounds me that... You know, after everything that we've had, just in the last couple of years, between the book, Broadway, now Western Stars, the movie, you know, he has been so prolific in the last 20 years. It's just mind-boggling. And I honestly can't think of any other artist who's done, you know, not just recording. A lot of artists have recorded well into their 70s and 80s. And Tony Bennett's still out there singing and recording. He's in his 90s. You know, it's not about that. It's just the breadth of what he's done between recordings and the box sets and the documentaries that they put together and now the book and Broadway. I mean, just the, it's just astounding the level of quality of material that he keeps being able to deliver. And I think one of the key reasons for that is the fact that he has surrounded himself with people like John Landau and Barbara Carr and Stevie and Tom Zimney now and Mm -hmm. Tom Morello. And, you know, he's had those collaborations where, that's allowed him to grow and to have somebody to talk to and, you know, help steer him. Whereas somebody like Elvis and a lot of the people in the early days, they had nothing to go off of other than themselves and their sheer will and determination. Yeah. I I think that's really well said because, um, there is, it, there are a lot of, you hear a lot of stories, um, about, Colonel Parker now that are um, over the years that are not very kind. He is not remembered very kindly. Um, The rumor was, and I don't know if it's true or not, but, you know, the rumor I'd always heard is that um, Barbara Streisand's people wanted Elvis to play the part of Christopher Christopherson that played in The Star is Born, and Colonel Parker wouldn't let him because Elvis had to have top billing, and Barbara Streisand said no. Um, and I think about that often in an alternate timeline, since I love science fiction. Um, 
what how that could have changed his life. That if he had been that successful, um, would he have maybe not toured as much and and had gotten a little bit healthier and and we would have had him longer? I, I don't know. But um, absolutely. I mean, you, if you stop and think about it, I mean, his his for you know that there is definitely a lot of negatives to the colonel. Uh, he did get him started and got him in the business. Yeah. But I think he served his purpose and drove him into the ground with the movies and the constant touring. And Elvis, you know, made choices of his own. It's not yes. all Colonel's fault. Elvis certainly made his own a lot of terrible decisions, bad decisions, both professionally and personally. Um, you know, but in the end, his manager was Colonel Parker, came from the carnival. He was literally a carnival barker when he started. Uh, and Elvis's money manager was his dad, Vernon, who, you know, mm-hmm. got education and served in prison for, you know, forging a check. You know, that's who was managing his money. And Vernon, you know, they lived through the Great Depression, and there's stories about Vernon being so nervous and stressed out. You know, every time you'd see a big bill come in that Elvis was out spending money on cars or houses or whatever. And he'd go to Elvis and say, you know, we got, you got to cut it down, son. And Elvis would just laugh and say, oh, it's just money, Daddy. We can go out on the road again. And that's just how he saw it. You know, if, they, if he needed another million dollars, they'd put together 20 shows and just go out for a month or two. And uh, that was not a healthy way to live, especially with, you know, the choices that he was making at the time. Yeah. Um, I totally agree. I um, And I do think that the Hall of Fame can be very controversial. Um, on one of my other podcasts, um, How Many, which are basically excuse for me and a bunch of my buddies to get together and visit, we just recently you know, discussed the latest Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees, and we talked about that the criteria is very loosey-goosey, you know, that um, are, like in one of my best friends, um, Sam says there's no one who loves you know, Joni Mitchell more than him, but does she belong in a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Um, and in right. my argument is, well, it's kind of pop culture music altogether, but I see their point. And um, I think Londell was very influential. It's kind of um, the same thing with, um, if you follow sports at all, you know, John Madden, I think, could have made the Hall of Fame just as his time as a coach, you know, with with the Raiders and everything he did, then when you throw on top of what he did as a broadcaster, and to say nothing of somebody putting his name on a game, um, you know, right. makes it ahead of, you know, makes it even further. And so, Absolutely. I, I, and I, yeah. agree with, I agree with your friend about Joni Mitchell. I mean, I, I love John Prine. I think Bruce... And John Prine and Chris Christopherson are probably the three best songwriters of the last 50 years. But John was put up for the rock and roll this year, and he didn't get in. And I don't think he belongs there. I mean, to me, I mean, here's the here's the problem. You know, you look at the first five, ten years of the classes of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I mean, no doubt, no brainers. You know, Chuck Berry, Elvis, Little Richard, you know, all those guys, Beatles. You know, you go down the line. The first five or ten years, no doubt about it. Further, we get away from where rock and roll originated, and the branching out, and all the different types of 
music that are out there, I mean, it kind of just gets harder and harder to pin that down of what rock and roll means and who sh- who belongs there. It's, it's just a very tricky situation at this point in time, I think, where we're at. I totally agree. Um, any final thoughts? No, I just, um, I think uh, under the current circumstances, uh, I know right before this happened, you know, we were all kind of hoping in the Bruce world that we were going to be getting an announcement of a possible new album uh, or a tour. And, uh, you know, I think that's kind of where the tea leaves were pointing at the time based on comments that Bruce and John had both made over the last couple of years. And, uh, you know, I think we're all kind of surprised that he wasn't going to do anything, but uh, again, you know, he always keeps us guessing. Uh, every time we think he's going to do one thing based on what he said, he does something else. And, you know, I think he may have some personal things. I don't want to get into his personal life, but I think he may have some personal issues that are maybe pulling him away from that a little bit. But, uh, you know, time will tell. And as always, you know, he, again, as I've said, you know, he's been here for 70 years and the work he's given us just keeps coming and the quality is high. It's not like he's just, you know, spinning his wheels and doing greatest hit tours and whatever else. He's reaching deep and I think he's got a lot of things left to say in the tank and I think we're going to be surprised by what what we get from him in the next uh, five to ten years. Yeah, I think so. I think that there is um, I, I do think that um, he is spending a lot of time with his mother um, because yep. he knows the road in front of her is shorter than the road you know behind him, no matter yep. what. Yep. Um, so I think that is certainly something he's thinking of. Um, and um, and I do think that there are um, you know, he said that he's ready to get back on the road. Um, but I think he's going to do it in his own way, in his own well. And, uh, you know, I know all of us are looking for, all of us would like um, a, a a new record, a new album, uh, you know, on a tour. But, uh, you know, we'll have to wait and see. So, good. Um, well, this has been great. Um, do you have any plans except heading out um, this um, this fall to uh, Jersey. Do you have any other uh, musical travel plans, Ryan? Um, I had a few. Sh- you know, I think we're all kind of in a holding pattern, waiting to see what was going to happen. You know, a couple months ago, um, I bought. I did buy tickets to go see the Rolling Stones. They're going to be. They were supposed to be doing a short tour, including St. Louis. Uh, I wanted to take my kids to see them. Um, I've only yeah. seen the Stones a couple times, but you know. I take them to see Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr, and I thought, okay, here's going to be my one chance. You know, I'm going to go see the Rolling Stones while they're still out there. And I actually saw them last year in Chicago. And you know, despite the age, or you know, because of the age, you know, they're still one of the greatest rock bands to play a live concert. And so I want to take my kids to see that. Um, I would like to see Taylor Swift if she's. I think uh, you know, we talk always talk about. Uh, you know, who are the artists that are going to take Bruce's place or, you know, kind of fill those shoes or whatever, which I don't think is fair to anybody. It's no. a different time and different place and different industry. But I think Taylor Swift is one of those artists that, you know, she's going to be around for a while. And I didn't really listen to her stuff, you know, when she first started playing, because it was kind of like bubblegummy type pop music and this, that, and the other. But as she's gotten older, she's is a real deal as far as her songwriting and singing and playing and 
way she interacts with her fans, and you know, I love the fact that she's fighting. I don't love the fact that she's fighting over it. You know, I wish she had been given the opportunity, but as far as her songwriting credits and owning yeah. the royalties and song publishing, I give her all the kudos in the world for that. And I think she's, you know, she's definitely made some allusions over the years to how much of a fan of Bruce she is. And uh, I think kind of Bruce kind of paved the way for that whole situation survey that came after him with what he went after with um, Mike. So, uh, long story short, yeah, I'd like to see Taylor Swift if she uh, comes back out. I'd love to see Pink again. Um, so, yeah, that's all I have lined up for right now. Well, um, I had tickets to see the Eagles on March 17th. I have never seen the Eagles. Uh, my wife and I were going to go. We're hoping that gets rescheduled. Um, sad yeah. that Glenn Fry is not there, but I think that um, it, it sounds like the show is amazing. Um, and Vince Gill has, an, has a beautiful voice, and I think that will make for a great show. Um, Lily Hyatt, who is John Hyatt's daughter, um, I, I've recently become a fan of hers, and she was coming to Dallas. That had to get rescheduled, and they have not rescheduled yet, but I assume they're going to. Michael Nesmith and Mickey Dolenz are touring as the Monkees, and I'm going to go see them. Um, I think that's going to be a fun night. Um, I think that'll be a really fun night. And, uh, and I'm hoping, uh, to see Brian Wilson at least another time. Uh, I know he's going to, he will reach the age soon where he won't tour much more. And, um, I've seen the Beach Boys countless times. I've seen Brian solo two or three, and I'd like to see it one more time. So, yes, hopefully we will get some shows this summer. And it will be great, um, Ryan. If I think someone... that's another reason why I think there's another reason why we're very lucky as Bruce fans in the fact yes. that you know you do see people like Brian Wilson and Paul Simon has said he's not going to tour anymore. Elton John's doing his farewell tour. Yeah, you know Neil Diamond has hung it up because he's got Parkinson's. So he's you know I think yeah. he wanted to go out without having people see him that way. And these are all people that are relatively well within Bruce's age range. And yeah, the absolutely. fact that he's out there still doing what he does for three, four hours at a time is just astounding. So, you know, we're going to enjoy it as long as we can. Absolutely. Ryan, if someone wants to reach you on social media, how can they? Uh, you can go to Ryan Hillegoss on Facebook, H-I-L-L-I-G-O-S-S. Uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter, I think it's the same, Ryan, at Ryan Hillegoss. And then I also have a blog at uh, Union Avenue 706 at WordPress.com. Um, Union Avenue 706 at WordPress.com. I have a blog there and I write quite a bit about Bruce and his connection to Chuck Berry and Johnny Cash and Steve Earle and a lot of different stuff. I also write about other things and some family things and memories and all kinds of stuff. So they can reach me there anytime. All right, that sounds good. Hang tight while I do a little business. If you want to be on the show and share your Springsteen story, love to have you. There's all kinds of ways to reach us. You can email me directly at setlustingbruce at gmail.com. We are on Twitter at setlustingbruce. I am on Twitter at Jesse Jackson DFW. You can go to um, our WordPress site setlustingbruce.com and from there you can see our latest episodes you can see 
our links to our fellow members of the band, to other podcasts and blogs. I will have to add you to that, Ryan. Uh, and you can uh, see our Patreon page and our store where you can buy a Set Lusting Bruce t-shirt or coffee mug. Um, Ryan, thank you. It was great to catch up. Uh, let's do it again in a year. Let's, let's make this an annual tradition, uh, and we can continue to talk and share. Um, I hope you and your family remain safe and, uh, I wish you the best and, uh, listeners, we want you to stay safe and remember, wash your hands often, keep six feet between you and, uh, you know, just be kind to each other because the world really needs it right now. Keep hope alive. We'll talk to you soon. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, said Listening Bruce. Set Listing Bruce is part of the Southgate Media Podcast Group. The theme for Set Listing Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.